Hello and welcome to The Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode, I'm joined by future beef farm participant Michael McGuigan from County Meath to discuss his autumn calving beef system and his management in the coming weeks. Michael, you're very welcome. What beef system are you operating? We bought this farm in 2016. It's a 23 and a half acre farm. It was a stud farm. So 2017, we set about turning it into a, a suckler to Wheeland beef system, uh, with the Wheeland bu- suckler to Wheeland bulls, and suckler to in calf heifers and beef for, for for the ones that we don't put in calf for the heifer side of things. And they're continental style cows with 100% AI, and um, we use a paddock system. They're just under a hectare paddocks. Uh, so they're normally depending on the time of year, a two-day paddock and on to the next one with the uh, creep gates and all the paddocks for forward grazing for the for the calves. So that's our system. And prior to 2016, before you purchased the farm, had you any experience farming? Um, I, I had. We, we never had our own farm growing up, but my grandfather and my uncle had. So I spent a lot of time uh, growing up on their farm. Uh, I also worked on several farms, studied agriculture in Edinburgh. Um, I ended up staying in Edinburgh then, so that's why we only got home in 2016. I ended up staying for quite, quite a number of years there. And I suppose when you came to decide what system you were operating, what made you choose to go for an autumn calving system compared to the normal spring calving system? I, one of the main reasons was, so I've got my own business that I run, um, and I needed the farm to work around that business first and foremost. So October, November time when I calve, which maybe some people see as a strange time of year because it's it's very late autumn, shall we say, but it suits me. So I can make the, the, the farm system suit my, my work life first and foremost. So that's why I went for that. I'm quiet that time of year. The other reasons then, the farm is quiet that time of year. So you can give a lot of concentration to calving, which is a crucial time of the year. You Calving in October, November, you, you've got a very strong calf going to grass in springtime to get the best advantage of the grass for that calf. You have a strong weanling then selling in September time and we use 100% AI. So your AI in, you know, mid-December to mid-February. So they're in the house. So it's a lot easier um, labor efficiency wise when they're in the house to, to AI. I suppose many farmers would wonder how you chose what cow type you're starting off from ground zero, I suppose, at the very start and why you decided to go down the AI route. Yeah, two of the, two of the biggest things I, I said to myself coming in um, to farming was, and two big interests was the, the genetic side of things and also grassland management. So certainly from the genetic side of things, going with 100% AI gives me that full flexibility to match the bulls with the cows. It's, it's a great interest. It's a great way of maximizing performance. So for me, it was, it was a non-negotiable. I was doing AI. So it's just a case of figuring out how could I do it um, being efficient with my labor if I was spring calving bringing in cows in May to AI there's a lot of work to that in time so for me AI and in the winter time is perfect and what heat detection aids do you use when they're in the shed so I buy in a teaser bull I have used one of our own teaser bulls one year but they're probably just not maybe tall enough um, and, and they're maybe struggling a wee bit to mark the cows so I buy in a teaser bull usually about 18 months old Holstein Friesian is a perfect sort of a, a, a vasectomized bull uh, and I put a chin ball on him. So sometimes I even use scratch cards right in the peak of, of heat detection because it's a crucial time of the year where it can go wrong on you. 
Um, so you, you want to have everything in place that it goes right, that you can really calve down. And, and my target is that those eight weeks, the target is really a cow per calf per year and calving period of 365 days. So you need them heat detections and monitor them closely. There's cameras in the sheds. I also sit and watch the monitor at night having a cup of tea to, to see which cows are coming in heat. It's crucial to catch them. I've got a great AI man then who'll come any time of the day to AI a cow, whether it's half seven in the morning or half 10 at night. He'll, he'll come at any time. And what kind of sires are you looking for when you're picking the sires for breeding? First of all, I'm looking at my what cows I'm culling that they're sort of they won't be breeding off. So, you know, if 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 their offspring are not doing the daily live weight gain or they're not four and five stars, they're not being used in the herd. So we're nearly there with that selection. There's only a handful of one or two or three stars left. We're about 80, 85%, uh, four or five stars. So I'm looking at a high replacement index bull. Um, to use with high replacement index scored cows to keep that um, good genetics in the herd, building it moving forward. So I use a lot of limousines. So you're looking at Tom Choice Nation, Lennox, Nell, all of a high replacement index score. So I'm using them and and cows I've earmarked for replacements. Usually the the first batch of cows calving in October because I want them, if they have heifer calves, to give them a good chance of calving uh, at two-year-old at the beginning of October. So, you know, if, if they were calving at, let's say, them two-year-olds at the end of November, there's a chance they'll push into December then, you know, in their second serve, which is which I don't want. I wouldn't be keeping if that was the case. So I look at them factors to see what cow suits. And then you're matching the cow type. I have a fairly, a fairly well-matched herd, um, predominantly limousine with a bit of uh, cemental, and a bit of Charlie mixed in, sometimes a bit of Belgian blue. So they're good shapey cows. Um, so it's, it's matching the bulls up with them to make sure you get the right offspring. Selling the bulls as Whelan's, you're looking for a shapey animal in the ring. That's what the lads are looking for. So that, that's what I'm aiming for, certainly on the bull side of things. And you're starting Kevin now at the moment. How has Kevin been going and how are you managing cows at the moment? Yeah, so calving, we've got, there's, there's nine calves there. We're just into this early in October. So very happy with that. Ah, look, there was one mishap. I had a, an in-calf effort having a two-year-old who I came down one morning and she had a broken leg. She was only a, a week from calving. So that was disappointing. But look, you're going to get that. That's farming. Otherwise, it's going very well. I manage the cows coming up to calving four to six weeks before calving. Um, I put them onto fairly bare paddocks, give them the run of maybe four paddocks and supplement them with hay. I find it's a good thing to keep the condition score to maintain them and it sort of tightens them up and it leaves calving that bit easier. Um, when they get within a day or two of calving, I'll bring them to a paddock beside the yard. So if there's any problems at all, I can bring them in. Heifers, I tend to bring in at night so I can keep a close eye on them. Just, you, you may have problems with heifers, as we know. Um, but I tend to use easy calving bulls with the heifers. So touch wood, I don't have too much problems, but you will bring the calving jack out three to four times a year tops. And how will the cows be managed then from once they calve until the breeding season starts? So um, they received a pre-calve and not before calving. So their, their mineral levels should, should, are normally quite good. Um, they go, when they calve, I'm putting them on to fresh grass with the calf. Um, it's a nice time of year. We're, we're coming to the end of the grazing season. Um, but there is, there's, there's a good grass cover. So they're going into good fresh grass paddocks. Um, and they'll stay on that weather permitting, you know, normally around the second last to last week of October, 
the weather starts to turn a wee bit. So I may, to stretch out the grazing period, bring the cows in at night with calves and back out again. I don't mind doing that on-off grazing at all. The cows are quite used to it. So that also introduces silage to the diet. They'll get top quality silage. We always The silage is always about 73 to 74% DND. So they'll start to get that into the diet. And once they go into the house full time, let's say at the end of October, they're on silage only. Um, they're in good condition. The condition score three to three and a half. Um, I don't find they need any meal. The calf um, is still young, not a great demand on the cow. Um, so I'll only, I'll, I will introduce maybe a kilo of meal when, when they're just before the breeding season starts. But up until that, they just get grass, as I said, with a mix of top quality silage and then onto the silage when they're housed fully. You mentioned there the calf and heifers at 24 months. How are the replacement heifers that you've kept being managed this winter? They'll be, they'll be the last cattle to be housed. They're the latest ones, depending on the weather, normally get to about the first week of November. Um, so they'll come in and again, they'll get top quality silage. They'll, they'll get the best silage going. So normally the first or second cut, um, 74% DMD. I will give them a kilo of meal along with that. Some would argue you wouldn't need to, but it's an important first winter for them um, to keep them moving on. I mean, definitely anything less than 0.6 per kilo per day is unacceptable. So they're always around 0.7, sometimes 0.8 uh, during the winter, which is what I'm looking for. So they'll get that kilo a meal from November, right the way through probably until about the first week of February. And those heifers will then be turned out, be the first ones turned out to grass, ideally around the middle of February, even if they're out by day, in by night, depending on weather to get grass into the diet and get them moving again properly. So yeah, that's how, and, and we'll serve them around about the second week of December when they start coming in heat. And in relation to the heifers that are calving now at 24 months, how are they going to be managed with calves at foot over the winter to get them back in calf? I don't, we're not at the size that we can have a pen of heifers to themselves. That, that was, I suppose that's the real perfect scenario to have all the heifers in one pen. So there will be heifers mixed in with the cows. Um, I have lock and barriers in the sheds, which are an absolute gift of a thing to have because when I'm giving a bit of meal um, during the breeding season, um, during that period, the cows are locked in the barriers. So there's no bullying going on with cows pushing heifers out of the way to get the extra meal. And I lock them in every day, to be honest with you, because it calms them down and they're nice and relaxed in the lock and barriers. And it gives that heifer a bit more confidence, I suppose, and, and that she's not been pushed out of the way. And I actually throw them a wee bit extra meal. So just to give them that wee bit extra to try and encourage them to come back and cycle quickly so we can get them back in heat. And the fact they're calving, they're, there's a lot of the heifers calved already. So I really try and aim for them heifers to be calved down uh, early. So as in the, even the last week of September, first week of October. So it gives us that chance if they do repeat, we can serve them again and keep them within that sort of eight week target of calving down. So yeah, the lock and barriers are a great thing to help them. The other thing I do uh, during the winter, the calves, the cows are on slats um, and they're, they're rubber, they've got the rubber slats, the comfort mat on them, which makes a great difference. I find that cows hold a condition well. And there's many a time I can go down to the yard and see every single animal on the slats lying down. So they are, they are comfortable on them, which helps condition. And the calves uh, go in, back into a creep area. But during the day, maybe eight o'clock in the morning, half eight, I'll put the cows out, or the calves out to grass to break that bond 
with the cow and the heifer. So that's another thing that really gets them back into the cycle and strong. Them, them cows will then come back in before tea time, before half four, before it gets too dark. So it's a good thing for the calves and it's a great thing for the cows um, to break that bond. And what age and weight will you start weaning those calves in when they're out? They, they, I leave the calves and the cows for quite a long time, like close to 10 months. You know, So the cows are only dry for two months of the year, really. In, in some instances, even a, a, a young, fit cow in, in great condition, you know, might only get six weeks of a dry period. So um, we're weaning them at about nine to 10 months of age. The target is to have them weaned. Um, target weight's about 400 kilos, somewhere 400 to 450 if we can. They don't all sometimes fall into that 400 bracket, but that's what I'm saying. I'm culling cows that aren't given the daily live weight gain um, for the cows to reach that. That's the target. Um, that, that's usually around mid-August to the end of August. And we sell them then normally at some point in September. And what is your health program on the farm for over the calves lifetime for vaccinations, etc.? Yeah, so for respiratory diseases, um, vaccinating with bovipast um, RSP, they get that the cows get that at two weeks of age, followed by a booster four weeks later. Um, for clostridial diseases, I'm going with Tribovax 10. I do the calves early, late sort of January time, and then just before they get a booster, then four weeks later at turnout. Um, turnout, we're, we're aiming to get them out. Mid-February, if we can, weather-dependent, certainly by day and then by night, a week either side of, of Paddy's Day. It's normally before Paddy's Day, to be honest. Um, but still, uh, so that's, and then uh, as they're a year old or maybe 15 months, they get the, the Tribovax 10 booster again. They all receive cows and first one-year-olds and calves will receive an IBR vaccine. The cows and heifers will also receive a lepto vaccine. On the scar side of things, the cows get rotavac somewhere about a month before calving, which helps with scar. Cows at three weeks of age will get a tolerocol dose. And a thing I really find keeps scar at bay is power washing the sheds and I disinfect with kennelcocks every year. And touch wood, we don't have much problems with scar. That's great, Michael. I suppose finally you've touched on a lot of things there in the last few moments. The fact that you're working off farm and you've mentioned how you're managing labour on the farm. What do you think are the top two or three tips for farmers listening? For me, you got you got to design the farming system to suit you. I suppose there's a lot of farmers that I talk to, you know, are kind of amazed at that statement because they go, "Well, this is the system we've always done." But the fact they've always done it doesn't necessarily mean it's right. I'm not saying they're wrong, but I think farmers, listen, we're, we're all great at working, but what, as farmers, we're not great at planning, maybe. So I think for some take a step back and look at your system and, and think, can you, do, can you do it any better way to suit your, your work routine, whatever that is? So that's a biggie that they just need to look at, I think. Um, for me, joining the Grass 10 group and measuring grass has transformed how I, what my grassland management is. That's been fantastic. And then for breeding side of things and genetics, AI gives you that real flexibility to really get the genetics of the herd up. That's great, Michael. Thanks very much. Thank you, Catherine. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Michael for joining me on the show. We are currently running a survey to find out how the Beef Edge podcast is of use to you. 
And if you could click on the link in the episode notes to complete the survey, that will help us improve the show. In the meantime, you can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.